You're listening to NFL No Huddle, the podcast with Brian Weber. It's a talk show. We talk. And former Pro Bowl Steelers quarterback Cordell Slash Stewart. Hey, get your popcorn ready. NFL No Huddle airs live weekdays from 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. Eastern on the NFL on TuneIn, your everything audio app. Hello and welcome to NFL No Huddle, the podcast. And thanks for listening. I'm Brian Weber alongside Cordell Stewart. On today's podcast, we're going to give you our predictions for week one, preview the opening Sunday of the regular season with Nick Ferguson, the former NFL safety, and provide your fantasy fix. Brian, let's kick off the podcast today with NFL Hall of Famer Warren Moon. Warren, as always, we appreciate the time. How are you? I'm doing great, Brian. How are you? How are you doing, Cordell, this morning? Is it morning there or is it afternoon yet? We're all confused because oh, yeah, we, right? we stayed up late watching that thrilling game. Yes, we did. And, Warren, you know, speaking of the game, we've had an opportunity to, to hear all the noise and the buzz about Alex Smith and wondering, can he get it done for us throwing the football down the field? Uh, some allude to saying Patrick Mahomes comes in because Alex Smith doesn't have the big arm. Well, yesterday he's proved on a few throws, big throws, I think, gut-wrenching throws, that pretty much put the dagger, I think, into that defense to the point where he ended up that, ended up in that game 20-35, to 35, throwing four touchdowns, averaging 10.5 yards a throw. Give me your take on what you think of Alex Smith now moving forward. Well, I think, for one, he's got some speed now to throw the football to down the field, and I think he feels more confident that uh, guys are going to get separation. And sometimes there's quarterbacks that, that uh, need to see separation before they're going to let the ball go downfield, or otherwise they're going to take the more conservative approach. And, and I think if you look at the receivers last night for uh, for Kansas City, there was separation every time they, they were against a player on the uh, – the Patriots football team, so it gave him the opportunity to throw the football down the field. Now, whether he's going to continue to do that, I'm not sure, uh, but hopefully he will because he does have those type of playmakers on that team now. Warren, let's make the move to the game. You're getting ready to call. It should be a tremendous matchup, potential preview of the NFC championship game with Seattle and Green Bay getting together. What do you think Sheldon Richardson is going to bring your defense coming over from the Jets, Seattle, adding yet another pro bowler to the front seven? Just another playmaker from the inside on the interior. We, we have always been looking for a great interior pass rusher. A lot of times we've had to move Michael Bennett inside so we can get uh, pressure from the inside. But now we'll be able to keep Michael Bennett on the outside along with Cliff Averill um, uh, and Frank Clark and then have a guy like a Shelton Richardson on the inside causing havoc. So that doesn't allow quarterbacks to step up as much away from that pressure on the outside. So it gives you a, a much more balanced pass rush and another playmaker, like I said, on the inside. Over the past few years, uh, it seems as if the Seattle Seahawks have been trying to find a way to use Jimmy Graham. After being in New Orleans, we saw he and Drew Brees, you know, get in the red zone similar to Rob Gronkowski and when things were really good for him as far as his health is concerned, catch the ball at his highest points in certain areas, trying to create matchups, whether it's through motions or, or lining up outside to see if a linebacker or a DB would cover him. How do you see the Seattle Seahawks offense using him this year? Because if he gets in the passing game, it makes life a little bit easier, uh, I would say, for Russell Wilson. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I think the only way we haven't utilized him as much as we should is in the in the red zone. Um, you know, putting him outside and, and and making him isolated one on one with guys. Uh, I think we can do a better job of that. But if you look at his numbers last year, I think he had 70 receptions for almost a thousand yards, 900 and something yards. 
but he only had six touchdowns. So I'd like to see that touchdowns go up to about maybe 10. Uh, and if you just utilize him a little bit more in the in the red zone, you can get those numbers. So I think the Seahawks have done that this offseason. I've seen a lot more uh, times where he's lined up in situations where they're going to try and isolate him on a, on a smaller guy and try and take advantage of that mismatch. And one of the things Russell has to understand is, he, he's so used to doing everything perfect, and he wants to throw the perfect ball all the time. But with Jimmy Graham, at times down there, you want to throw a bad ball, a bad, perfect ball, believe it or not. It, it, you'd have to call it that. Because you want to throw it high and, and only where he can get it uh, as opposed to anybody else can get it. And, and sometimes Russell just wants to make every throw perfect. But to him, you want to make a bad throw, but it, it's a good bad throw because you're trying to do this in this situation. Getting you ready for Green Bay and Seattle with a great friend of the program, the Hall of Famer Warren Moon, game analyst for the Seahawks Radio Network. Warren, what's your outlook at the running back position? Thomas Rawls listed as the starter dealing with an ankle injury, and you got Eddie Lacy heading back to Green Bay. Yeah, and he's fired up about it, and, and most players are fired up when they go play against their uh, their former team, especially if it was a team they felt like gave up on them. So hopefully that'll be his motivation to really uh, run the ball physically and, and, and tough this weekend because it's going to take that against this Green Bay football team. And uh, Eddie isn't 100% right now. He had that ankle injury surgery in the offseason. He's running good, but he's not as explosive as he used to be, and I think that's going to come back in time. But we also have, you know, Thomas Rawls. We also have this young kid, Chris Carson, who had a great preseason, a rookie from Oklahoma State that they're high on, and C.J. Prosite. So we'll be running by, uh, back by committee this this uh, this season. Uh, but I think Eddie's going to get the bulk of the uh, of the carries if if he's up to the speed because that's what Pete wants. He wants that physical, tough running game like we had when Marshawn Lynch was there. Warren, it seems like the, the Seahawks defense obviously is the, the focal point of this team because they're, they're the most outspoken ones, uh, let's just say, at the complex. Michael Bennett, uh, the altercation he had in Vegas uh, after the fight and, and hearing the reports, how has the team handled uh, that situation? Are they using that uh, as an edge and, and focusing in a little bit more, taking care of one another, or the guys are, are somewhat uh, frustrated because how things may have been handled? Well, I think it's a rallying cry for the football team. First of all, they want to make sure that Michael's okay. So like any family, they're going to uh, give him as much support as they possibly can. But it also brings the point home just a little bit more about what Michael and some of the other guys around the league have been uh, have been talking about as far as you know racial equality and, and different things like that in this country. Uh, it, it happened to a guy who's been one of the most outspoken about it so uh, it really brings that point home and it's and it also uh, lets these guys know that they have to really be careful when they're out in the streets uh and they're out at night or whatever it might be uh with the way they do things because they're being judged a little bit differently and uh, they're going to be looked at a little bit differently so they want to make sure they they keep themselves out of any type of trouble so they don't have to have these confrontations with police officers or, or anybody else out there in society Warren, I know you're not the general manager, but we're aware that Russell Wilson dealt with injuries last year. If Russell, unfortunately, were to go down this year, would this team really move forward with Austin Davis as the quarterback? It depends on how many games Russell would, would have to miss, but if he missed a, an extended amount of time, I'm sure they would go out and look for you know a more veteran quarterback, somebody like a Colin Kaepernick, somebody that they have a history with as far as knowing what his uh, his strengths and weaknesses are because we played against him so many times in this division. They've already had him in for a visit so they could find out you know who he is and, and uh, how 
how uh, serious he is about football. Um, so they got a pretty good understanding of that. So he would be a guy I think what most teams around the NFL would be looking for if their starter went down for any extended period of time because he does have a lot of starting experience in the league. But as for right now, most teams want to try and develop a young guy behind their starter, and I think that's one of the reasons why he's not getting an opportunity to go along with some of the other things he brings to the table off the field. Well, we know for sure that locker room has has a, a bunch of personalities that will be able to embrace a Colin Kaepernick if that were to happen. But give me your take on what is it going to take for this Kent, this Seattle Seahawks team to to beat this Green Bay team on the road? We've got to control the football and, and control the, uh, the time of possession and the tempo of the game because we can't let Aaron Rodgers have um, more uh, opportunities than, than – uh, than he should because once you give him that many opportunities, at some point he's going to get hot and, and really kind of you know light up your secondary. Um, so if we can run the football, you know, keep the uh, the chains moving, keep the clock moving, and then score points, uh, we have a chance to beat this football team. And we also have to make him uncomfortable in the pocket. And I think having a Shelton Richardson on the inside to go along with the other guys we have in our pass rush, we have the ability to. to to put pressure on him with four guys and still be able to play coverage in the back end. And if you can do that against him, you have a chance of beating Green Bay because you want to make him as uncomfortable as possible. Try not to let him outside of the pocket. Try and make him throw it from the pocket, but throw it from the pocket uh, when he just can't step into all his throws and make, make those uh, miraculous throws that he's used to making. Warren, it's always a pleasure. Have a great call on the road to Lambeau Field coming up on Sunday. Because Cordell has owed you this dinner now for decades, I want to settle this debt. We're going to see you at the Super Bowl in Minnesota. I'm going to make the reservation. What kind of food do you want when Cordell finally buys you dinner? Oh, definitely steak. Um, you know, a nice little bone-in ribeye, probably 22 ounces, and uh, we'll just go from there with the sides. But Cordell knows what I like. <laughs> and uh, I'm willing to wait. I'm willing to wait these next four months to get that meal, but I will do it. <laughs> well, let me say this here. He said he's going to set the dinner. You know he loves Subway, by the way. You know that, don't you? We'll be eating fresh together in the Twin Cities. <laughs> well, Subway has steak sandwiches, right? There you go. <laughs> Thank you, Ward. Safe travels and have a great call right, on guys, Sunday. Take care. You're listening to NFL No Huddle, the podcast, and we'll be right back with more after this. Tune in puts you on the sidelines for the 2017 college football season free all year long. With college football on TuneIn, hear the home and away calls from more than 100 schools live, regular season matchups and rivalry games, conference championships and bowl games, the college football playoff in January. You can listen to it all for free. At home, on campus, or in rival territory, hear the excitement and pageantry of college football all season long, free on TuneIn. Welcome back to NFL No Huddle, the podcast. Here are your hosts, Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. As we continue on NFL No Huddle, the podcast, let's go round the league with Nick Ferguson, the former NFL safety and tune-in NFL analyst. Let's take you around the league with our pal Nick Ferguson, the former NFL safety. My co-host as first and goal on TuneIn Premium kicks off for Season 3, 1 Eastern. Join us for seven hours of commercial-free live listen-ins as we take you to all the big moments as they happen live. Nick, last night was the most points ever given up by a Bill Belichick defense during his brilliant tenure in New England. The last time we saw this defense before last night's festivities, it was 28-3 Atlanta on top in the third quarter of the Super Bowl. What is going on with the Patriots' defense? 
Well, you have to understand this. Uh, the, the Patriots have uh, some challenges on the defensive side of the ball. I know early on looking at them just on paper, everyone kind of penciled them in uh, to be the favorite to make that trip to Minnesota. And I use uh, broadly penciled in because you, you, you pencil something in because you can erase it and put something else back in, in, in pen. And the issue that I saw last night, especially again on a, you know, from the secondary standpoint, uh, with so many new pieces, the chemistry didn't seem to be there. Even though you're there OTAs and training camp, I saw a lot of you know blown coverages. Uh, Stephon Gilmore, they played, they paid him a lot of money. And usually, uh, the Patriots really don't do that, and they they paid him before his uh, ability to cover. But you just figure that a guy that's getting paid that much money, uh, you shouldn't have you know guys running free. The, the play that comes to mind, uh, Tyreek Hill runs wide open. I think it's a seventy nine-yard pass from Alex Smith, and you see, you can see that there was kind of uh, a misunderstanding in the secondary between the safety and Stephon Gilmore. Those type of things cannot happen. And also on some of the key plays that uh, Kansas City Chiefs were able to make once they got into those tight bunch formation, and Cordell knows a lot about this, the, the offense does that because they're trying to reduce the formation to kind of get all the defenders in the box and they can explode out. But this happened to the Patriots last year when they faced the Denver Broncos and Brock Osweiler was the quarterback. They got in that formation, and the defense failed to recognize it back on the edge, and he gets out to make a play for a touchdown or a catch. And these are basic, simple issues that the Patriots have. I know on, on, on tape they, they look big because the score was 42-27. They can fix these, but if they don't fix these issues, they can become much larger issues down the road. Nick, this team since 2001 uh, went up at half by 10. The New England Patriots are 102 and 1. What do you tribute this type of a game to last night? Is it more of how well this team in Kansas City prepared or the lack thereof for the New England Patriots? Well, I, I want to give uh, credit what credit is due. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, Alex Smith, and Andy Reid definitely took advantage of the options that uh, the Patriots definitely provided. So when I look at this game, once again, from a defensive perspective, to me I say, well, the Patriots have a couple of things that they need to clean up. If they limit the explosive plays to Rekill and uh, Kareem Hunt, now they're still in this game and they possibly won this game. So it's just fine-tuning you know, the small things here and there. They, they were still competitive. They jumped out to uh, an early lead, uh, wasn't able to hold it, and that's doing part. Once again, you look on the offensive side of the ball, no Julian Elderman. It's, it's, it's about getting on the same page with your wide receivers. And for the love of me, I couldn't understand, even with Julian Elderman being out, they could have still used Brandon Bolden in those same kind of positions and had him to run those same type of routes. We didn't see that. I saw about maybe twice in the game they took shots down the field with, with Brendan Cooks. Uh, and, and, excuse me, that, that's what I was meaning when I was talking about getting in the mix with uh, Danny Amendola, but uh, only two shots down the field with, with Brendan Cooks. To me, with a guy with that speed that can take the top off of defense, you have to create more opportunities. And we saw 40-year-old Tom Brady throw from his 20 to the other 20, which is 60 yards, and hit Brendan Cooks you know, on a deep pass. That is what I'm expecting. So they have to find ways on the offensive side of the ball to kind of get their playmakers involved more than they did last night. He's Cordell Stewart. I'm Brian Weber chatting with our friend Nick Ferguson, the former NFL safety who spent a decade in the league. 
Let's make the move to the games coming up on Sunday. The games will be tracking together on first and goal on TuneIn Premium. Divisional matchup between Philadelphia and Washington. I think the Redskins, although they won eight games last year, are going to take a massive step back this year because of whom they've lost. Playmakers like Deshaun Jackson and Pierre Garçon. Let's jump over to Philly. Nick, 13 of the last 14 years, somebody's gone from worst to first to win a division. How about Philadelphia jumping up from seven wins to take the NFC East? That is not too far uh, fetched, uh, B. Webb, to say because one thing that we, we know coming in this year, Carson Wentz now understands the NFL. He understands the world that he is going to be living in. It's not going to be one of these things. He's a rookie quarterback now being forced into uh, action and not being ready. He is ready. He has another year under his belt under uh, Doug Peterson's uh, offense, and they put some weapons around him this off season. Uh, LeGarrick Blunt did not look great in the preseason, but we know what he's been able to do for the New England Patriots. Now he will be counted on to do the same thing for the Philadelphia Eagles. Darren Sproles, you know, I played against him. He's one of those small backs, and you can utilize him in the pass game. And what I mean by that, we saw Drew Brees for so many years, you know, dink and dunk the ball went to Darren Sproles, and he does a great job finding the holes because he's so small, hiding behind those those linemen, and he is one play away from that home run play. And you look outside the numbers. Uh, this is the area where they struggled last year, and with Carson Wentz being a rookie quarterback, you need guys outside to make plays outside the numbers for you. He has that, and they did a great job in going out to get Alshon Jeffrey and Torrey Smith to go with Nelson Aguilar, who I feel could be on the verge of a breakout year, especially with those other two guys outside really pushing him. So this Philadelphia Eagles team is definitely a team to watch. I know everyone was talking about, you know, maybe the New York Giants and, you know, the defense they put together last year and adding Brandon Marshall. But I say keep an eye on these Eagles. Talk about the, the Arizona Cardinals and Detroit game. Um, this Arizona Cardinals team has, has been on the brink of being really good. Uh, and I think that's held, the thing that's held them back most uh, is injuries, uh, particularly at the quarterback position. Carson Palmer, over the last five starts against the Lions, he's 4-1. Uh, do you see him having the opportunity this season with the team that they do have? Uh, do you see them having a breakout year this year uh, in, in some way? Because Detroit is not a pushover team, I think, with, with Matthew Stafford playing the way he did last year. His defense playing better offensively. They're playing better by committee at the wide receiver position. Do you think Arizona goes on the road and, and get this thing started to try to create a little bit more, let's just say, excitement and, and competitive spirit in that division out there in the NFC West? One thing that's going to help them, Cordell, is that when you look at strength of schedule, uh, 23rd, they're ranked 23rd. So the schedule is favorable for this team. But a lot depends on Carson Palmer. And you notice as a quarterback, everything begins and starts with that guy on the center. We've seen Carson Palmer over the past couple of years for his, as his executions and his production on the field start to, to taper off. So if he can play to the uh, playoff caliber uh, Pro Bowl caliber performance that we've seen him in years past, they have a chance. Uh, Larry uh, Fitzgerald, you know, this could be his last year a- a- as a player. So I'm sure they want to get him more involved in the offense. But it, the guy who's going to keep the wheels turning is running back David Johnson. If you're playing anyone at home or you're playing anyone on the road, you want to make sure you have a guy of this caliber. He can step up in the pocket and stone a blitz linebacker. He's great as far as creating matchup issues if you're throwing a ball out to him on, on, on the edge of the perimeter of the offense. But also, handing the ball off to him inside and between those two tackles 
there's not a back in the league that's probably uh, more feared than David Johnson because his versatility and the assets that he brings. So it's going to be David Johnson and Carson Palmer that's going to take them to that next level. So I give Arizona definitely a good chance this weekend against uh, uh, you know Matthew Stafford and those Detroit Lions. Taking you around the league with Nick Ferguson, the former NFL safety partner, because we dissect every game together on first and goal every Sunday on TuneIn Premium. We'll be tracking a game that most of the country will be ignoring, the Jets and the Bills. Obviously, Buffalo hitting the reset button. I know you are a proud alumnus of a Jet. Cordell loves when I quote show tunes. West Side Story. When you're a Jet, you're always a Jet, but keep it real. Is there a chance the Jets could go 0-16 and duplicate what the Lions did in 2008? Yeah, absolutely. You and I talked about this before, being as though that you don't know, you know what you have at your quarterback position. is going to be a quarterback carousel or quarterback by committee, as though it's a, the phrase has often been coined, and knowing as though you have a lot of deficiencies across the board. Uh, you know, Mike McCagnan decided to cut bait on a lot of guys, uh, clear some salary cap in hopes of uh, picking up some pieces in 2018, but it's a tad bit too late. Now you've given Todd Bowles, uh, you know, a few talented players to actually uh, work with. Uh, uh, you look at the fact that a trade was made earlier this week to bring over Jermaine Curtis from Seattle Seahawks, hoping to do something to show up that wide receiver uh, core with Quincy and Numa you know, suffering a season injury, and there's no Eric Decker, there's no Brandon Marshall. So it's going to be really hard for uh, Game Green to muster up enough wins uh, to even be relevant. But I guess right at this particular point, you're playing for 2018 in hopes of maybe grabbing a quarterback or a top running back in the next year's draft. Okay, this is for you and Brian Weber. This weekend, Sunday, 1 o'clock on CBS, you have the Houston Texans playing against you guys as Jacksonville Jaguars. You both. This yes, is for sir. both of you. Use, yeah. as they say in Pittsburgh, use. <laughs> uh, what's your take? You know, Blake Bortles. I mean, Chad Henney. I mean, give me. Is there a third back, option? Leonard Fournette. <laughs> uh, I went to the running backs. I left the quarterbacks alone. Uh, Leonard Fournette. Uh, g- give me something about your no, Jaguars. and Just give me some. Give me some analysis. Nick, I'll Work. do it Go in ahead. 10 seconds. Here's the analysis. The Jags are wearing all black color rush unis because it could be a funeral for our Jaguars. Now, look, <laughs> let's get serious. We're all rooting for Houston, right? In the wake of Harvey, this is an a massive emotional day when the Texans take the field. Think about all the great work J.J. Watt has done. Nick, I'll turn it over to you. I think our Jags coming off a 3-13 and campaign are in for a long afternoon on the road. Well, considering the, the, the fact of what you just laid out as far as what's taking place in Houston, you know, it's almost as though you were saying that Jags are going to look at that situation and pretty much lay down uh, you know, for the Houston Texans, but it's going to be a very difficult season, especially, you know, once again, Cordell, you played the position in the league for several years, and you know you need to have a guy that's behind the center or under center who understands and can lead a team. They have a great defense, and I've said that for the past uh, two Good defense. Seasons, Go ahead. And, and, and they put some great pieces together. So if this team is going to win, you're now going to have to rely on your defense to turn the ball over and score some points. And we know that's very difficult in the NFL. So this could be a very tough season, starting out with week one, a very emotional week one for uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Hey, guys, remember, Malik Jackson said our Jaguars were going 16-0. So write it down, Cordell, 16-0. <laughs> hey, man, you know, you three, Malik Jackson, Nick Ferguson, 
and Brian Weber drank the same Kool-Aid because the stuff y'all been saying, he came back and said they weren't 16 and 0. I'm, I'm so dead. Hey, well, listen, I told you, my hypocrisy only goes but so far. I didn't say undefeated. I did not say going to the Super Bowl. Remember that. No, no, no. I didn't say no. you said Malik I'm just saying Jackson. the things that you – Well, he, well, said he also it, got all that money, you, Cordell. You, well, he was yeah. excited. Yeah. But the stuff you said about Jacksonville, just period, went into division. Brian said they're going to the playoffs. They might be in the Super Bowl. You know what, man? I, I'm going to go eat my popcorn. And I'm going to watch this one because hey, I'm, I'm going to come back hey, on Monday. Anything can happen. Anything is possible. Stop it. Cut How it about out. last Cut night, tough man. guy? I believe you picked, you picked the Patriots to win. How that well, turned so what out? What else did I say about Kansas City? What did I say need to happen? Go ahead. Tell Nick Ferguson, please. Well, this was a hot take. Hard-hitting analysis. You go said ahead. Alex Smith had to play well. There you go. And what happened? He played well. Okay. You are so a genius. You know, I'm just what here don't for you, you know guys. About the NFL? I'm here for you both. <laughs> I'm just here for you both. And what did he give us? He gave us probably, let's just say, I won't even say probably, let's just say the best game probably of his career. Best regular season game. He had a really good game, playoff game against the Colts. No, he looked tremendous. So looked once tremendous. more, you were spot on, my man. That's why you're All the right. best in the business. Nick, well, get some I'm rest. Trying. As we wrap it up, let the audience know what social media component are you bringing to First and Goal starting this Sunday on TuneIn Premium? Well, this Sunday I will be doing some uh, live streaming uh, during our broadcast and before to just kind of keep you guys updated as far as uh, what's going on. Also, you can uh, follow me on at Nick Ferguson underscore 25, but stay tuned. Hit me up. If you have any questions, let me know, and then I'll tweet you uh, out some answers. We look forward to it, and Nick, just make me look good because Cordell, <laughs> Nick is going to be taking advantage of some Facebook Live technology. The audience does not need to oh, see God. how many Diet Cokes I put down over the span of seven hours, all right? Film that, film that, Nick. Please put that on I, TV. I, beware, beware, I will not betray our code. Thank you, my friend. I'm going to wear makeup guys, now, even though it's radio only. Just makeup. in case, right? Just in case. <laughs> Thank you, Nick. I'll see you Sunday. All right, see you Sunday. You're listening to NFL No Huddle, the podcast. We'll be right back after this. Stay up to date on the latest news as it happens on TuneIn. From American politics to global events, get live 24-7 coverage with some of the top news media outlets in the world, including CNN, MSNBC, and Fox News Radio. And when breaking news hits, TuneIn keeps you updated with up-to-the-minute reports and analysis on the biggest stories of the day. Thank you for joining us with this breaking news report. Really appreciate day it. Day or night, get live news coverage from around the world on TuneIn. This is NFL No Huddle, the podcast. Here are your hosts, Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. This is NFL No Huddle, the podcast. It's time for our predictions and what we are more than sure is going to happen on Sunday. It takes a unique ability to navigate the topsy-turvy National Football League. Drop down, get your eagle on on this one. A special vision to find clarity in an always changing sport. I was wrong. Brian and Cordell aren't just sure about their perspectives. They are more than sure. I'm more than sure. And we start in upstate New York. Battle of the Empire State. Jets and Bills. Let's give you the perspective of Tyrod Taylor feeling better after being cleared and coming out of the concussion protocol. Things have changed over the past few years as far as the steps to get a player back on the field. They want to go through all the uh, precautionary stuff precautionary stuff, and just got to sit it through. Um, I feel good. I've been feeling well for a while now, but like I said, you got to respect their end of the process and them trying to get me back on the field as, as quickly as possible. So much conversation about the Jets. Could they go 0-16? Will their fans stand by them? Here's head coach Todd Bowles. 
they got to watch the games, and we're going to play the game. We're going to play hard, and true Jets fans are going to root for us and root the hell like hell for us, and we're going to fight and try to make them proud. Cordell, this will not be a Super Bowl matchup, but somebody's going to win this football game. I'll take the Bills at home. How about you? You're taking the Bills at home. How about me? Uh, I'm going to go with Mo, Mo Wilkinson and the Jets. You know? Whoa! I'm going with the Jets. I'll give the Jets a win in this one. My goodness. I did not see that one coming. Yeah, Look I at know. You. Shady McCoy, he's not going to get much. I think Mo Wilkinson and the boys are going to step up. You remember we got Jamal Adams on the other side, the strong safety. He's going to be in the mix. Um, I'm going with the Jets on the road. They get it. They squeak out a win. They win by two. A bombshell to start our game picks. Atlanta yes, and Chicago, probably not that competitive still. The reigning NFC champs trying to defy the odds. History says when you lose the Super Bowl, it's a monumental challenge to make it back. Here's the reigning MVP, Matt Ryan. You're always in a, a, a constant state of, of trying to find ways to, to improve. And uh, for me, you know, I, I think there's a lot of things I can do a lot better. And that's been one of the things that has been awesome this offseason is to try and attack a few of those things. And hopefully I put in that work. I feel like I have and feel like I'm in a really good place coming into this season. Two-parter here. I'll take the Falcons big on the road. Will we see Mitchell Trubisky at all on Sunday? No, I don't think we see him at all. Uh, But I'm still going with the Atlanta Falcons. I think they go on the road and and get a win. Um, But Chicago played some good football during the preseason, whether it was with Mike Glennon or Mitchell Trubisky. So it's not going to be as easy as you think. But I think they come out playing hard. I think they come out playing fast. And I think they squeak out of there with a victory. I get the Atlanta Falcons winning 17-10. Wow. You're also giving us precise scores. You really have taken things next level. Yeah. Baltimore-Cincinnati divisional <laughs> matchup earlier. You gave us the stat line for Flacco on the road in Cincinnati. He has struggled. I'm going to take the Bengals at home. How about you? I'm going with the Bengals at home. Joe Flacco has truly struggled turning the football over more than he's thrown in, throwing touchdowns over the last four meetings that they've had against one another. I like Cincinnati. I see them winning this football game. Ooh, 24-13. I'm writing these down, so hang on, multitasking, 24-13. Pittsburgh-Cleveland, another divisional game. Won't be close. Steelers roll on the road in my view. How about you? Yeah, Ben is 2. The Cleveland Browns are 2-20 and versus Ben when playing this game against the Steelers. I know it sounds crazy when I said that it's going to be a little tighter game than you think. It's just going to be one of those nitpicking, nagging, drawn-out game, but yet the Steelers will prevail. They win. I think they walk away with this game like 20 to, 20 to 9. Some Coming up with like funky that. scores. Yes, yeah. The Jets I'm winning by two. And now I think another safety in that game. Arizona at Detroit should be tight. You know my view. The Lions were an aberration last year. All of those wild finishes. That's not sustainable. I'll take a healthy Carson Palmer and the Cardinals on the road. How about you? I think they're, they, Carson Palmer is five with the last five starts. He's four and one. I think they're going to Detroit with a much better team uh, that's prepared to play. I'm going with the Detroit Lions. I'm going Matthew Stafford and all the money that he's gotten this offseason. I'm going with the Detroit Lions and Mo Town City. Mo Money too. Alright, we got to pick up the pace. Houston, Jacksonville. We're all Houston strong. Houston. Texans win big at home, correct? Yep, I'm going with the Houston, Texans. Tennessee. A reminder, that was a one-score game last year. Ah. 17-10 Raiders won in Tennessee. Ah. I take the Raiders by three on the road in this game. How about you? And I'm going with the Tennessee Titans was just a win. Let's go, Titans. All right. Before we pick Philadelphia and Washington, let's hear from Carson Wentz. 
Definitely more excited because it's week one, but to go down in Washington, divisional rival, um, to start the year, couldn't ask for a better scenario, honestly. It's a, it's an exciting time, and like you said, we, we both are kind of aware of each other. We know kind of everyone's tendencies. They have a new defense coordinator, so some different things, but um, at, the, at the end of the day, it's just going to come down to players making plays, and we got to be able to handle that environment, and I, I believe we can do that. I think undeniably Washington's the worst team in that division. I'll take Philly on the road. How about you? I'm going with Philly on the road as well. I think they have a more complete team. Let's move to late games. No Andrew Luck means no chance in my mind for the Colts, led by Scott Tolzien. It'll be a victorious debut for Sean McVay, youngest head coach in NFL history. I'm taking the Rams at home. How about you? Oh, even without Aaron Donald, you think the yep. Rams still win, huh? Yep, no Andrew I'm Luck, right. no chance. You know what? I'm riding with you. Let's go. I'm okay. going with the Rams. Best game of the day before Sunday Night Football, Seattle and Green Bay. Oh, man. I'm conflicted here. No, you, you say Green Bay is a no, I know. Aaron Rodgers I know. is a bad man. But I changed my power rankings. I put Seattle number two, so i got to be consistent. Seattle oh, yeah. wins on the road. How do you see it? Because of your power rankings, you're picking them, huh? I'm going with Seattle regardless. You know, I'm not buying Green Bay. I said Minnesota's going to win that division. I'm sticking to it. Seattle wins regardless. Let's go. Carolina, San Francisco marking the professional debut of Christian McCaffrey. When it happens, it'll happen, and we'll see what the emotion's like. But right now, you know, I'm just focused on what I can control. And, uh, you know, obviously there'll be a lot of emotion. I'm, I'm extremely excited to, you know, first NFL game, get out there and play. But uh, another opportunity to play football is, is, is what I'm excited about. And uh, do it in game form will be, be a lot of fun. The Stanford product back in the San Francisco Bay Area. He'll be on the winning side. Carolina wins in Northern California. How do you see it? Carolina. Let's go. All right, and upset. And, and we have Carolina. just enough time for <laughs> confirmation of your strong lean. It's New York and Dallas. Sunday Night Football. The Giants have won the last three meetings. You go first. Who are you picking in this game? I'm going with the Dallas Cowboys. I think the boys with the stars with Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott get it done. I know Dak hadn't played well, nor Ezekiel Elliott, nor this team. Uh, but I think this is a time where this team is ready to step up and play well uh, and try to get this victory because they don't have a running game with the Giants. I think Dallas comes away with the victory, squeaking out of this one by field goal. I would like to know if Odell Beckham Jr. is going to play. Adds to the drama. I'm going to say he is going to play. And the Giants keep it going, Cordell. Write it down. Fourth consecutive win over your Dallas Cowboys. Okay, on to the next one. That's it. That's Sunday Night Football. (laughs) You want to go to Monday? No, we do Monday on Monday. Another time. Good Monday You're listening to NFL No Huddle, the podcast, and we'll be right back with more after this. Let TuneIn bring you home. With TuneIn's local radio browse feature, listen to live FM and AM radio stations from your home area as if you've never left town. Spend the day listening to your favorite stations and hosts, local news and talk shows, and familiar voices that you've grown to love. Or maybe you're missing that morning drive show that gets you to the office. Your go-to hip-hop station with special guest DJs. Or maybe sports talk about your favorite team. Then catch your hometown favorites with local radio on TuneIn. With TuneIn, you can go home again. Welcome back to NFL No Huddle, the podcast. Here are your hosts, Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. Cordell, let's close out the podcast today with the fantasy fix from Brittingham T from Roto Radar. Fantasy football has become a major reality for millions of fans. Takes him off to the 30. He's gone. He's gone. What a move. It takes skill to win your fantasy championship, separating the zeros. He goes to the near side, and it's picked off. Intercepted. 
intercepted. From the fantasy heroes. Down the middle, it's caught over the shoulder in the end zone. Buckle up your chin strap for the fantasy fix. And for that, we bring in a man whose analysis is as succinct as his moniker, Brittingham T. from Roto Radar. Brittingham, thanks so much for taking the time. Let's start with what we saw last night. Alex Smith was tremendous, 368 passing yards, four touchdowns, no picks. What's the fantasy outlook moving forward? Yeah, first of all, thanks for having me on today. Uh, Definitely that Alex Smith performance was an outlier, to say the least. This was a guy who... The moniker on him was he didn't throw downfield, and sure enough, we saw him complete the downfield pass. We saw him just basically manage the entire game, and he was very low-owned, which was a good thing in the daily fantasy industry. But I don't know if we can project Alex Smith and the Chiefs offense to be that efficient every week, but, man, that was a Andy Reid special performance. Which was a great one to have, considering that was the first game of the season. But with regularity, any regularity, do you avoid either Thursday night players or Monday night players? Well, see, that's the thing about uh, last night's game. Thursday night, uh, the season opener is a little different because, again, everybody is rested coming in to the season. But typically, your Thursday night games are going to be more on the sloppy side, just because it's a short week. The players are banged up, and when we get into the Week 8 and on Thursday night games, those usually have some very, very sloppy outcomes, and typically you want to avoid those for fantasy just because it's not the, uh, the players aren't full strength. It just doesn't correlate very well to fantasy scoring. Now, Monday night games, though, these are scenarios where you can attack Monday night. People know they're playing on national television. They know they're in the spotlight, and typically big-name players show up on Monday night. Well, let's see if a big-name player is available on Sunday nights. How do you view the uncertainty surrounding Odell Beckham Jr.'s ankle? Would you stay away from him? Man, uh, that is something that people are going to be watching right up until kickoff, and I bet we don't get the news until the uh, required 45 minutes prior to kickoff. And last I saw, he was 50-50 to play. I believe that uh, hopefully we don't have to make this decision. Hopefully he's just ruled out prior. But if he's in, I think you avoid him in fantasy. Best-case scenario, it's an ankle injury for his skill set. I think he's going to be used as a decoy. I would attack Brandon Marshall or Sterling Shepard if I was looking for a wide receiver from the Giants. Until we see how the Rams use Sammy Watkins and Tavon Austin, uh, should we avoid them? You know, it's interesting. Uh, You don't trade for Sammy Watkins if you're not going to use him, right? Right. So the week one outlook, though, I think you've got to be a little cautious. We don't really know. We've got Jared Goff going into his second year here, which uh, he's got a new offensive coordinator, a new offensive system, so it should open up things. And now you bring in this elite wide receiver. I actually think the uh, play for week one, while we're being cautious with Watkins and Tavon Austin, is I think you load up on Todd Gurley. I think the addition of Watkins and a healthy Austin is going to open up the uh, the running lanes for Gurley more than anything. Well, that's what Ram fans are hoping for. As you know, Todd Gurley did not have a single 100-yard rushing game a year ago. It's the fantasy fix with Britting MT from Roto Radar. Given all of the doubts surrounding Odell Beckham Jr., who is your number one wide receiver this week and why? You know, when you look at the receiver this week, the uh, two big guys, uh, Antonio Brown at Cleveland, I think is your top overall projected wide receiver. The issue is 
they are nine-point road favorites, and I don't think you are going to see much, uh, if any, passing from the Steelers in the second half as they should handle the Browns pretty easily. So I think that hurts uh, Antonio Brown's overall projections. But then you look at the next guy, and uh, you know Julio Jones is in a similar situation. The uh, Falcons are on the road at Chicago, and they are seven-point favorites. And, again, this was a Bears defense that basically shut down wide receiver ones last season. They had a bend-but-don't-break mentality. So if I'm looking for a true wide receiver one this week, for me it's going to be A.J. Green. I think this matchup against Baltimore, this is a spot where he's torched Baltimore in the past. And I just think uh, if you're spending up specifically on the daily sites, A.J. Green is my number one. Who is your favorite two-value play at QB, running back, and wide receiver? Well, let's start with uh, quarterbacks. There's some good values, uh, specifically if you're playing daily fantasy. If you're playing season-long, you can plug these guys in if you uh, need to pick somebody off of the waiver wire. But the first guy I'm going to mention here is Carson Palmer going into Detroit. This is a uh, quarterback that he's healthy now. The offensive line is healthy. And he's going up against a defense that in 2016 allowed an NFL record 72.7% completion rate against them. That means he's going to be efficient in this spot. Additionally, the Lions' pass rush was lacking, and that was the one thing that uh, Carson Palmer got knocked around quite a bit last season. If the Lions aren't going to rush him, they allow passes to be completed. I really, really like Carson Palmer this week. He's Cordell Stewart. I'm Brian Weber. It's the Fantasy Fix with Britting MT from Roto Radar. This is early in the season to be talking about weather, but we know that's a variable you got to factor into your analysis. How much do you track what's going on heading into Sunday? Well, you definitely got to be aware of uh, situations with weather. We've already had a uh, slate changing week one with uh, Hurricane Irma forcing the postponements of the uh, Dolphins game. And uh, so there's already been some shifting in the fantasy circles and just how you approach the week. Fortunately, outside of that postponement, it looks like we're going to get positive weather with little to no wind effect across all the games this weekend. But you always got to be aware this is a sport where we have a lot of games are in the elements, and whether it's a heavy wind that affects the quarterback or the kicker or just a cold-weather game where it affects the passing, you've got to be very aware of the weather. Uh, last year, let's just say Matt Ryan put up some good numbers, gave you great points, but which QB this year do you predict uh, to score the most points this week? Well, when you look at quarterbacks this week, as I mentioned, it's pretty interesting. You've got Ben Roethlisberger on the road at Cleveland, and he's got those notorious home road splits where on the road his quarterback quarterback rating drops significantly, and I just don't know if you can trust him, even though the matchup is ideal. you got Matt Ryan going into Chicago, and we talked about just a little while ago that the Bears had that bend-but-don't-break mentality on defense. So for me, again, I think I'm going to the guy I mentioned as the value this week. I just love Carson Palmer in this spot. It just seems lock and load. Carson Palmer is going to be my top-scoring quarterback for week one. Palmer trying to bounce back after he looked like he was 129 years old last year, but the year before he got some MVP votes. Last one for me, is there any player you would use every week, no matter the cost or the individual matchup? You know, that's a, it's a good question, specifically in fantasy, whether it's daily or season long. You, you want to draft these guys who you can just 
lock and load that are matchup proof? And the, the correct answer is no. I mean, it's always slate and matchup dependent. But then you got guys that break the models of basically fantasy. This is we're talking about a Le'Veon Bell or a David Johnson type player, just someone we know that's going to be in on seventy five percent or more of the offensive snaps. They're projected to get twenty five plus touches a game. So for me, if I can get a Le'Veon Bell or a David Johnson into my lineup every week, I'm going to do it. So if that means I have to pay it for it in fantasy and daily, I'm going to do it. If I got to make some lopsided trades to get them in my season long, I'm going to do it. We appreciate the time and the analysis once more. Moving forward, what do I call you? Brit, T, Mr. Brittingham? I need a better way of summing up your handle. Uh, let's just go with Brit from uh, Rotor Radar. You know, we are uh, happy to be on TuneIn. We've got our own uh, shows. If you search our Rotor Radar channel, we have a MLB show every day, Monday through Friday, that goes at 6 o'clock Eastern, and the NFL show that goes on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday at 8 o'clock Eastern. And uh, basically, just call me Britt from Rotor Radar if you could. Outstanding. So it's Britt, K-Stew, and I'll go third person, B-Webb. We should have our own fantasy podcast, Cordell. And that's Webb with two Bs. Yeah, Webb with two Bs, Britt. By the way, is it Britt with two Ts or one T? (laughs) Britt, I hit my Ts pretty hard. Is it Britt with one T or two T? Double the T. Exactly, because I'll double the enunciation. Thank you, Britt. Have a winning weekend. Thank you for the time. You guys enjoy your weekend. It's a great week one. It's going to be fun. Thank you for listening to NFL No Huddle, the podcast on iTunes with Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. Listen live weekdays from 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. Eastern by downloading the TuneIn app and searching NFL No Huddle. The National Football League is on. TuneIn, your everything audio app.